Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is the Rose and Shine podcast with us, Victoria Rusolson and Josephine Roots. We are Swedish sisters, and in our podcast, we explore career and well-being. So join us for inspiration and practical insights from our own international lives and careers. Good afternoon and hi, welcome to our episode on the workplace of the future is up for grab. How will you design yours? I love that. (laughs) Josephine, well done. It's up there for grab and how will you design yours? Well, this is so interesting and I feel so passionate about this topic right now. And we've all sort of been part of what we could easily call the world's largest remote work experiment. Ever. <laughs> yes. If the US for somehow is sort of responsible or representative, um, because we have some figures, is that 5% of the workforce in the US used to work from home before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Now, 60% of the entire workforce is working from home. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? It's a massive, massive shift. Mm-hmm. So now... There's been, I mean, I've done so much reading on this uh, topic in in the past uh, few months, I'd say. Mm -hmm. And there's really, it's finally starting to come out all this research, right? For like, what did we think of the first year, right? And we've discussed this a little bit in in our previous episodes too. But 90% say like, they don't want to go back to the way it was before. Yeah. So Most people, though, they don't also want to work entirely from home. Mm -hmm. And hence the new trend world, hybrid. Yes. (laughs) So the future of the workforce is hybrid. And of course, there's so much different material out on that now. And what does that mean? And is it good for us or is it bad for us? And what will the challenges be? What will the opportunities be? And in this podcast, we're really looking through, you know, how can you shape the future mm. of your work? How can What could hybrid mean for you if you get to dream and choose? Yes, exactly. And that's also a little bit our point. When we say we've read a lot and we've discussed and thought a lot about this, it's not necessarily research because there is no real research yet on, on the idea of 
the hybrid work because not that many have tried it so far. So we really want to do like, give us inspiration and thoughts. What can we do to set us up for success? And I also would say, Josephine, that maybe me, but truly you, you are like a trailblazer here uh, because you've been working hybrid for as long as you've worked, I'd say, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've certainly had periods of, of not working hybrid, as in, you know, having a normal job and mm -hmm. uh, the way that we would have seen it before COVID. And uh, always, though, um, been going towards having more of a hybrid, a more flexible career, a more millennial type career, right? Yeah. It fits mm -hmm. with my age group in the sense that we want to have freedom, we want to have creativity, we want to have inspiration, and we also just don't want to sit off hours at the work, right? We want to be rewarded for the work that we do and not necessarily the hours that are put in. And yeah. <laughs> so yes, so I've been doing a lot of that. I've been working from outside of, of typical office environments, possibly most of my career. Yeah. So whether you who are listening and joining us in this conversation today are thinking about your own future work for yourself, or maybe you're even thinking about how are you going to set up the team that you lead or even your organization for this, we want to give you a few tips and tricks. Mm -hmm. And perhaps, or even mostly, some questions that might be really good to ask yourself and others. Yes. So. We've created this list with eight tips that you can use when designing your new work. Mm-hmm, how exciting. <laughs> yes. And the very first tip is turn this change into an opportunity. Mm. Now, I'm going to start out with the question here, Josephine, because we already identified that you've already lived and worked a lot like this. Mm -hmm. How has it been an opportunity for you? Mm. So there's a little bit I think we need to have as a definition first, mm -hmm. if I may go yes. back a little bit. And that is, of course, so we have remote work, which is mm -hmm. what most of us have done now. Mm -hmm. Then we have this idea of future work being hybrid, and that might mean a few different things. So some companies are talking about that as, you know, your team will work half of the time from the office and half of the time from home. Or some teams might need fully working from home and some team, or, or from the mm -hmm, office, right? Mm -hmm. So there are different meanings of it being hybrid. Uh, but I did read an interesting article about that saying, though, however, that for hybrid work to really work, mm -hmm. it actually needs to be 100% remote work, but in the office. Mm. So what that is trying to say is that, you know, if people are around us, they will always kind of come first. So if we're in the office and their colleagues are asking us for help there, we might over prioritize that. And those people that are working remotely would not necessarily be prioritized. So therefore, if if the hybrid model is to work, it needs to be remote in the terms mm. that everything is accessible and uploaded and, and kind of alive online so that it's a truly possibility to be working in a hybrid way. Oh. So that's kind of the starting point when we're thinking of it. And then, yes, a lot of my career has been working in either in a hybrid or in a remote setting. Mm -hmm. And I would say more remote in the sense that then you come in and then I would be in an office 
but everything would still be kind of available uh, online. So it mm. has been remote first. And how has that been an opportunity? Well, I guess I've had a lot of freedom in terms of both where I'm able to work, what I'm able to do, and where I'm able to live. So I've really lived (laughs) around the world. And sometimes that has been with traditional jobs like the UN, which hasn't been hybrid. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes that has been with organizations where a lot of the work that I do is actually related to maybe a specific conflict or a specific context, which would mean that part of my work is being there in that specific situation. And then part of that I can bring with me anywhere. Yeah. And of course, that gives a lot of freedom and a lot of flexibility. And you can go to wonderful places and do and learn wonderful things. And you can also, in theory, and we'll talk about that, you can also have some more freedom in how you use your time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll come back to that. Well, thank you for sharing. And I thought, (laughs) So you've done this basically your entire career and there are lots of expertise we can draw from that. I think that one of the traps here mm-hmm. for people now trying to design this hybrid work, it's like, all right, so everyone used to be in the office and now everyone has tried to sort of work from home for a year. And remember when we've been working from home this past year, it's also been filled with other traumas, I'd say, but but also like everything from the, the pandemic, the worry about health issues and also having to do homeschooling, like all these other challenges that have been added to this working from home experiment. Mm-hmm. But what I do think is when we look for the hybrid that we're not trying to find sort of like a compromise between these two worlds, right? But rather thinking what would be like the third alternative what would be a hybrid like not just saying like okay i'm taking a bit of that and a bit of that and sort of trying to find a way to make it all come together mm-hmm. but really seeing like hey what can i do with this that no one thought of before we'll come back to that in a moment but i think that's the whole idea like check in with your paradigm are you just trying to fix something practical for yourself or for your team or can you see this as hey, wow, we are like at this point in time where we're designing the future work, Yeah, right? If, if we would have been like back in the 80s and, and said like, hey, look at 2021 and they have all these tools that we have now, what would you do differently? How would you set it up then? Yeah, how can you reimagine it? Yeah, so we'll come back to that in a moment. But before that, like tip number two is, Now that you're here and just realize that whether or not you are in charge, I think it's important to know that focus on the things that you can control. Okay, what do you mean with that? Well, I think a lot of people that I, or certainly a lot of people that I speak about, feel a bit worried about this this big change that now is coming again, right? Mm -hmm. So we've had uh, this mega change and now we're sort of getting into it again. And it's a little bit like, you know, the concept of a reverse culture shock. Like you have the culture shock when you go abroad and both of us have lived in so many different countries. So we know that. But the strangest culture shock is really when when you then come back to your own country and, and you're sort of expecting everything to be awesome and great. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not like and you have that. And I think 
some people are worried about this. They're like, oh, I wanted everything to go back to normal so badly for so long. And here we are. And it doesn't also feel great. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are having that struggle. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And I think it's a bit of making that inventory of what is what is working and what is not working in this context, right? So we read a lot of articles saying that hybrid work, unfortunately, means that we are working more mm-hmm. rather than working less, even though we're saving on commuting times and, and so on. The figures are always a little bit more depressing for women because taking the majority of childcare responsibilities as well and maybe the rest of the house sometimes as well. Mm. So that is some of the things that are not working. What might also not be working is that we're we're compensating the fact that we're not seeing each other in person by having way too many meetings. Mm. That is, I mean, that's what the latest Economist article was saying. Yeah. That That is the problem. That is why people are overworking right now is that there's actually less productivity time and less focus time and much more just meeting time. Maybe because managers need that to kind of feel in control of of what is happening. So I think it's that first step of taking an inventory. What is working with working from home? So I can Mm. say from my own experience and having done this a lot, there are many aspects. Like, for example, you can design your day. You can know when your energy dips or... You know, you can you can do a lot of different things. Maybe in the afternoon, I, I take my run then rather than first thing in the morning because actually I'm super productive first hour in the morning yeah. so I could work there, yeah. for example, right? So it's looking around that. And then, of course, it's looking at the things that what are not working for you. And that's maybe that has an impact on what you said. What can you control and what can mm. you control? Because some of those meetings, for example... But maybe you can control them in a small way. Maybe you can start to influence. Maybe you can make sure that your meetings are never an hour, but 45 minutes. Yes. And, and <laughs> Am I you going go. too far? In no, your list? no, no. I think you're absolutely right. And I here, I would recommend everyone to use my to-go-to model. I mean, it's not mine. It's from the seven habits, but the circle of influence, right? Mm. Which is really sort of putting it out there. Like, so you, you're ahead of this new change and really all the you you gave some really great examples but what are the things that concerns you about this next step of this hybrid work and and just sort of define put it down on paper like what are the things that worry you and then go in and say like okay what about that inner circle out of all these things that you put down what can you actually influence? So for example, you said like, oh, what is it going to look like now with all the meetings? Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that concerns you. Like, okay, what is one thing that you can influence about that? Well, I could reach out to and discuss it with my colleagues. Can we turn our meetings into uh, 45 minutes? Or can we like, do we need to have all these meetings, have that conversation around that? And so really item by item on your list of the things that concerns you about this what is one tiny little thing that you could influence within that? And and I love that. And I love the example that you're giving now of the, of the circle of influence, maybe because I'm currently also working on developing a module on, on work and boundaries. Mm. And that is really that circle. So in, in boundaries, you know, if we're trying to add everything into our circle, there's, you know, the boundaries become too huge and we're we're absorbed, essentially. I know that in, in your module, you, of course, want to get the circle of influence expand, but maybe the other way around, when you think around your boundaries, 
you know, if you put everything in there, you know, you need to make sure that you have some boundaries around you and your work and, and the other priorities in your life. Well, the whole theory is actually also about saying that, well, maybe that part is that I should remove it from my circle of concern, right? Mm, if, exactly. if you're like, right, because you can't have an impact on it. Yeah. So it's not for both circles to grow. It's really to to grow the circle of influence and then actually say like, okay, that's where I'll put and spend my time and my energy on rather than focusing on all these things that I actually can control, right? So pick something smaller instead and, and work on that. Yeah. And that's where you put your energy on. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. All right, so that is like tip number two, right? So we have it like turn this change into an opportunity, focus on mm -hmm. the things that you could control. So that's sort of setting our mindset, I'd say. Mm -hmm. But then I think another exercise, going back to what we said a bit earlier, like What if you had a clean sheet of paper? Well, what if we were like, hey, this is the 80s calling and or we're calling you like, what would you do if you had all the cool things that we have now, all the possibilities? Mm -hmm. So the third tip is, what does the perfect future look like? If you move away from the idea that, okay, let's make sort of a compromise between it's not working from home and it's not working from the office. So to really think a little bit bigger and say like, hey, what's then in mind? What could this look like? You know, we really are at this point in time where we can really design the future work. Isn't that cool? No, it's super cool. And <laughs> um, it's super cool. And I, and I think that there are there's so many possible answers to this, but it's moving away from what happened during the Industrial Revolution, where mm. our time became what was valued. Yes. And that idea that people in factories, they... You know, the managers would put the clock back in hours so that people would work longer to produce more. And productivity was all related to time. 
And that is probably why I mainly have had like a hybrid model of work. It's it's really hard for me to think that, you know, I should have to sit here when I have completed all of my things. Like sitting off hours is <laughs> is the worst thing, you know, for me. Yeah. At the same time, I think we talked about that, both you and I, even though I think like that, I can still feel guilty sometimes if I end work at three, just because, you know, a work day is, is longer than that. But that is a shift, I think. That's a shift that needs to take place where... You know, we do the things that we want to do and can do and, and create, but not there just for, for spending the time on doing that work. Yeah. You're actually already, you're, you're a step ahead of me because you're already on tip four. And now let's just go there because oh, that sorry. is... <laughs> that <laughs> you is created like, the list. No, but I, 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 I totally agree with you because it's like setting that vision. And, and part of making that, I think, is, is tip number four, redefine your relationship with work and time. And I think this is, to your point, a very big paradigm shift. And this is what is happening now that, and I, I would say more of the younger generations are more like looking like, this is my outcome. Like, why do you care if I'm at three o'clock in the office or, or not? Mm -hmm. Whilst many of the senior leaders are sort of like, no, I, I feel like I'm completely losing control if I can't see my people working. So yeah. I, I think that's a, a really interesting shift happening right now and we see <laughs> and sorry no and yeah. I have to say having said all of this a lot of my consultancy contracts I'm paid by hour <laughs> yeah there you go so I mean while in one way thinking that it's you know not at all a good system it's still the time that I'm paid for and that we're all paid for in one way uh, yeah and, and time though is such an important resource I tend to, I mean, most of my jobs have been like, okay, this is your time where you should be working. And I tend to always work more than that. I've never had the experience or been in a position where I work less or like just to what was required. I've always mm -hmm. worked. So for me, it's been in a sense a, a loose, I guess, because I've just put more time into it. Right. Yeah. So that is definitely it. But I think Adam Grant. But, but yeah. sorry, I need I need to add to that though, yeah. because even though you've done that, yeah, you'd still have, as we talked about, you still feel guilty leaving the office at three. Have you finished what you want to do for that day or or so on? Right? It's still that duality of having put in more time, but still always wanting to give even more time. <laughs> well, I, I think it's something that I, I work actively with to say that it's okay and to point it out and to really, because I, I do think it also be like showing people, I find that a lot of people are like hiding that they're on vacation. Uh, and here in the US, people say I'm on PTO, which means paid time off. They don't even like, I don't want to use the vacation word. <laughs> the like, word. It's a shameful thing to admit to that they're, we're actually on vacation, right? Yeah. So I do think as, as leaders, as uh, you know, it's it's our responsibility. So while I've been like, oh, I, I have to show that I'm here, I really tried to show and take that role in my leadership that, oh yeah, I am actually going home in time for having dinner, right? Where I've been in cultures where, where people would maybe stay by their desk till 10 at night, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. so I, I've really tried my best to live that. Yeah. I mean, yes, I agree with you. It's not supernatural, but I think it is really, really important. Yeah. So here comes the Adam Grant quote then, because it's related to all of this. And it says, 
Productivity is purpose and process, not place. Mm -hmm. It's driven by why and how we work, not where we work. Flexibility is here to stay. Those who reject it may not be. Yeah. What do we think? So that's what some of the leaders are experiencing right now, maybe. Or not maybe, perhaps. It's already happening and there was a lot of uh, commotion around uh, Apple who said that they were going back to fixed days at work and uh, the staff is not happy with that. Yeah. So actually, this is something that is like a trend tag that is happening right now. Everyone is talking about the great resignation. Mm-hmm. So like <laughs> we've had the Great Depression, like now it's like the great resignation. Is it here? Because people will actually say like, well, if you can't adhere to or be flexible, Mr. or Mrs. Leader, mm-hmm. I'm just going to go somewhere else. Yeah. And it's like it's such an interesting point of time where I think organizations will be pushed forward into think differently or they won't have any employees. Exactly. And it's giving a lot of control to employees and hence why we're having this episode, because there's a time to kind of dream and see what could be possible, not not neglecting that there's been loads of there are loads of challenges with hybrid and remote work and it doesn't fit for everyone or Everyone don't have the opportunity to do it, but there is a lot of opportunity to um, see how we can create that future. Yeah. And I think it's also interesting how, you know, so I think what Apple did, what they did with a year ago would have seen like a lot. Wow. Yeah. Right. And you said, tell us what Apple did, because not maybe. So I think what they did was that they said that there were needed to be three days where you were at work and there would be fixed days that you would be at work. And then there were two days where you could you know, be from home if you wanted to. And then there were two weeks a year that you could work from wherever. Yeah. And that would have been, to your point, revolutionary a year ago, <laughs> like or a year and a half ago. Yeah. And then now I think, you know, that's not enough. No. And especially we're all considering like, where can we live and where are we going to live? And what I do think will be the challenge around this. And obviously for me that I have, you know, young kids, it would also be around the services that are offered around that. Yeah. to enable this kind of dream life. So for me, I mean, I have put my kids into four, well, two different schools each for them this year. And I mean, that's not necessarily a model that parents want to <laughs> follow. <laughs> it's not necessarily easy uh, or recommendable, but that is something that we need to figure out in line with what allows us or doesn't allow to be hybrid. For sure. And, and that's what We'll come back. That's one of the other tips to, later on on the list, right? But to, to really listen, it's like, why? But just staying on this tip here, redefine your relationship with work and time. Uh-huh. Just mean, what are your like lessons, if you were to say, from working remote and hybrid? You've mentioned a few, mm-hmm. but on that topic, what, what have you learned from that? Well, it's not necessarily easy, right, to work from home or work remotely, mm-hmm. mainly because you are constantly needing to be kind of your own source of, for me at least, source of inspiration. It's a very yeah. entrepreneurial situation to be in, whether your job is an entrepreneur or not. I think a key lesson is related actually to time, and that is how you work and use time. So about chunking your time, for example, is a key lesson that I've learned. So really making sure 
Not that I'm multitasking. We know Mm -hmm. that that doesn't even exist, that that is just task shifting and it's really confusing for our brain. But trying to ensure that I divide my day or my time into these sizable chunks and approaching work in that sense. Um, Can I I just add on that chunks? Mm -hmm. I think this is also an opportunity. We always see chunks as like, okay, this is the day and maybe even the week. But why not look at it in even bigger chunks? Like what about the quarter or uh, the month or, or the year? Like to see... Like, what is it that we need to achieve as a team, for example, in this quarter or Mm -hmm. as an organization and what's required from us to make that happen? So potentially it could be like we actually need now to work more together here for the next two weeks uh, rather than having every week look the same. Mm -hmm. Because the, the fact is also that this repetitive work for many, many, that's going to go away because everything that is just repetitive, same over, same again, it's going to be taken over by robots or Mm -hmm. artificial intelligence. So what we need is the creativity, the empathy, the innovation of of the human brain, Mm -hmm. right? So I also think maybe not just look at like the day and the week, but expand a little bit more from that. Yeah, no, I like that. I was going to go the opposite way. But I like what you're saying. So I was going to say, when you said the day or the week, I'd say, you know, I work now in 25 minute chunks. Oh, yes. Tell us um, about that. <laughs> I, I love that well, idea. Well, I think it's maybe, but it's called the Pomodoro method, right? And it's that you put your time around 25 minutes. And after 25 minutes, you take a forced break for five minutes and you leave what, whatever you're writing on, you leave it wherever you are so that your brain super quickly can kind of activate and get back into it after 25 minutes. So it's really a nice way for your brain to work and you become less tired and more efficient. So I would really say to do that, but then have the bigger picture and vision, because I think that is the other challenge is really around how do we ensure to keep our creativity going, our inspiration. It's a constant balance, I think, between input and output. And that is whether we're in an office or whether we're at home, But if we're at home, there's a bit more responsibility on ourselves. We can't just sit and wait for input to take place unless we're sitting and waiting for our inbox, you know, to get another email, which is unfortunately what we do sometimes. Mm. Um, So that is then taking advantage of not being in the office. So make sure that you move or walk or explore these kind of things that you can do because you're not in the office to see if you can add those to your workday to get inspiration that that you need. I love that. And I I remember earlier that you're also thinking, discussing and sharing the idea of how do you use your space at home, but also I think at the office, think about the way offices have been designed. They've been designed to see like, okay, this is to give everyone time to work at their desk, right? And to have focus work. And of course there are meeting rooms and gatherings and all, but if, mm-hmm. if we really put out that clean sheet of paper, it might also look quite different. Now, if you do have that space together, I'm certainly excited about some of my live workshops that are finally happening now. I mean, they're all live, but in person. Mm-hmm. And I'm just saying, hey, let's, when we do get together, let's not sit in a meeting room. Like, can we be outside? What can we do? that is different because that 
preparation work and reading and stuff, everyone can do at home from their own desks, right? So Yes. And there's so much opportunity there. Like for both of us who are in training and facilitation, mm-hmm. there's just so much opportunity to make it better. People yeah. can become more prepared beforehand, more engaged. And then like you're saying, you know, who wants to sit on their chair? all day (laughs) yes so use the room or don't use the room at all go outside yeah exactly i think that i think we're going to demand possibly even higher quality when we do meet yeah we want when the times that we are together to be inspirational and creative and then we can go home and and focus and write if or to our office wherever that is you know that space where we can do that So either that I think we'll have higher demands or the opposite that like also just to be together. Right. And it Mm -hmm. makes me think of of a meeting that I had with um, a client I've been working with for the past year. And we have met so frequently because we worked on this uh, big assignment together, but we've never met in person. We've only met on, uh, you know, Zoom. So it was so nice to finally meet real and two insights. The first insight was, wow, okay, you can really get to know someone on Zoom. It wasn't like, oh, it was not like I met him for the first time or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So that was one good insight. The second insight though was we ended up, because we had a little bit of time between two meetings that we were part of, to go and grab a coffee together. And we just sat outside, we had this coffee, and we just got into this most lovely discussion and dialogue about really not specifically related to a project we were working on, but it ended up coming up with some great new ideas for that specific project. Mm-hmm. So I, I think also that time of, of connecting, we would not have had that, oh, let's just have a coffee on, on Zoom. It was more like the focus work, which was great. But I'm thinking that the get together also can be maybe a little bit with some less demands and just sort of see like, where does this connection take us? What if we talk about completely different things? I think that is the key word. It's these opportunities to connect mm. and finding that that connection is is meaningful. And that can be, you can connect sometimes with someone better being quiet, sitting next to them than if someone is talking at you for an hour Yeah, where they might be very or limited connection. Yeah. So I think that is the point. It's those moments to connect that are super important. So that kind of leads, I I would say, though, into point number five, tip number five, is whether, again, you're you're doing this for you and you're sort of like, what do I want my future work to look like? Or if you're looking for your organization, for your team, to really think about who needs to feel like winners? Like in this future of work that you're now creating, who who needs to feel like, wow, this was a really good way of making things happen. So yesterday I met uh, with some leaders and, and we were discussing this and I asked them this and I said, who needs to feel like winners? And their first response immediately was everyone. I said, all right, so that's great. But now go in and like define those everyone. And it was like, oh, well, the CEO, the, the team members, and then they're like, 
yeah, and actually the clients and, and the supplier, like, and started to define all these people. And we had like my family, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so it like, it went from, from that sort of everyone to actually like some specific key stakeholders in their world. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important to say like, what's a win for me? What's a win for everyone? Because to make it successful that everyone needs to feel like winner in this world or ultimately will move to a lose-lose. So I mm-hmm. think the first tip is to define that. And the sec- the next step then is, all right, <laughs> seek to understand what are the wins for others? Mm-hmm. And I think this is really, really interesting because we have like to explore a little bit more. Right now they're asking, and, and this is one of the research that come up, why don't you want to go back to the office? Mm-hmm. And the number one reason for many is because I hated the commute time and I used love not like, yeah. okay, so what if that is one reason? What are the other reasons? Dig a little bit deeper mm-hmm. and see and what's a win for for the CEO? Like we said, the executive team, is it really to see that everyone is working or is it to see the, the output, mm-hmm. to have a better view? And I think that part is really important. And what's not a win? Like what's what's a lose for, for some? And to truly understand that. And I think when you're now designing your new workspace to really take time to listen in to the different stakeholders and not just assume that they will think the same way as you do, yeah. right? Because as we said, 60% have been working from home. So 60% now have that experience. Mm-hmm. But the truth is that that experience is not going to look the same for everyone. No, exactly. I mean, I'm. you have younger kids. For you, it's been crazy to have them at home and mm-hmm. do work at the same time. My teenage daughters are, are perfectly well Adapted. doing their school. It's actually pretty nice. Yeah. No, but like they don't need me to do their work. It's actually, I and I have the nice space here in Atlanta. So like for me, it's, it's quite a pleasant experience, uh-huh. but it's not going to be that for everyone. No. And people will come back traumatized and, um, you know, there's a lot of different experiences. Yeah. And then number seven is now use all these information, all these questions, all these thoughts that you've thought of so far using the other tips to design your perfect hybrid work, right? Mm. And as we said at the start out, we did this because there is no research. So we can't give any answers really today. But uh-huh. if you want to have the brilliant answers, as we've said before, you first need to ask the brilliant questions. So I think our recommendation for all of you is really to, to take time and listen mm. before you rush into what it should look like, before you try to make a compromise to see like, hey, where could we go? And the final tip bringing all of that together is well-being matters. And and that's something we've seen more than ever. So remember you want, if you want the whole person coming to work, if it's you yourself or or your team that you lead or your organization, when you design the workspace, you need to design it so that the whole person actually feels welcome at work. Does that make sense? Yes. And I think that this will be so much more I hope to see it more from leaders and yeah. I hope that it becomes kind of a key requirement for being a leader. And I do know a lot of leaders that really do manifest this well. 
but that is to model well-being and mm. to model that kind of behavior um, to take care of yourself and your colleagues and so on um, so that you really can be your best yes. person and yes. feel the best. And personally, and I know I've said this before, but I do think this is going to be one of the most important leadership competencies of the future. I mean, and I agree so much with, yes, model it, be a role model. But not only that, you need to help the people around you to figure it out as well. And you need to set up a working environment that allows for that to happen. And structures, and, and you need to exactly. be able to talk about it. Yes. I mean, it's been so, f mental health has been this thing that we put on the shelf and it's only for people that are, you know, feeling bad. But mental health is something that we should implement when we're feeling good. You know, that's when we should start it and build our resilience and buffers and all of that that we need to feel well. So really bringing that into the workplace and making sure that everyone is part of that journey and absolutely destigmatize it. Yeah. So as you all can hear, we feel extremely passionate about this. <laughs> and that is why that's our next episode, right, Josephine? That yeah. it's going to be all around well-being and balance at work. So... If you enjoyed this episode, join us for that one too. And thank you for listening. Share this with someone that you know is thinking about the future work and give us a wonderful rating if you enjoyed it. And good luck with all the exciting things coming to us in the future. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening. Have a good day. Bye. 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 What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.